Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the host of Casual Tutors, a podcast where two dudes just casually talk about magic, pretend like they know what they're doing, and say wild off-the-cuff stuff off the, all the time. This week, we have a very nothing episode for you guys. We, you know, life has been kind of, you know, like a roller coaster for Kyle and I lately and been super busy with work and just our personal lives and other hobbies as they come up. So we just kind of wanted to take a little bit of a break and have a nothing episode where we talk about, you know, other stuff we have going on, upcoming sets, kind of the doldrums and the the blustery good parts of magic that we're still enjoying. Anyways, it's touch on a little bit of housekeeping as always. Make sure you guys are following us on our social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at casual tutors. Uh, we have our link tree link down in the description as always. Make sure you guys check out our TikToks. Our YouTube is picking up. We're getting our episodes up there recorded weekly. Um, nothing glamorous, just our logo flipping around and our beautiful voices coming across. But, you know, we appreciate all the support. We recently broke 1,200 listens and we're well on our way to 1,300. Last I looked, we were at 1,260, which is just amazing. Uh, you guys are doing great keeping up on, you know, our seven-week listener count. Our Spotify accounts are going up and, you know, all of it is huge for us. You know, this is kind of a dream for Kyle and I. So just wanted to, again, take a second and say thank you and that we really appreciate everything you do to support us. So jump in right into our nothing episode. Kyle and I are kind of in a place right now where we're not we're not out of love with magic at all. Obviously, if we were, we wouldn't be doing a podcast pr primarily about magic. But we're in a place where, you know, we're not having as much fun or, you know, the way we're having fun is not your typical way. For me, that is largely focused around uh, kind of losing the creativity spark. As everyone knows, as we talked about in the past few episodes, I took apart a considerable number of my decks. And I did that in an attempt to try to give myself a new creative space, try to get inspired by new commanders or going back and revisiting ones that kind of slip by with the constant output of new sets and new cards. And I, I still kind of find myself in those doldrums where I'm not really interested in building anything new. I guess my Quasar deck is relatively new, but, you know, that's kind of just the same old draw cars, kill people thing. Nothing super unique there. But Overall, I would say I'm still having fun command playing Commander. I still have a very strong desire of going to Commander Wednesdays every week and, you know, slinging cards, talking with friends, making new friends, and just try to, you know, play that social aspect more, I think, is kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I've, I've been having... Wednesdays are just hard for me in general. Uh, but on top of that, I've been... I keep getting stuck in these super long games, and it's just... It, it's difficult. Right. The, the struggle is real. <clears throat> Obviously, you know, some players out there really do like those three, you know, three hour games that last 16, 20 turns. It just seem like they're never going to end. And obviously, Kyle and I aren't those kinds of people. We both, I think, relatively have the same kind of play style where we're aggressive. We like to pound face or combo off early or, you know, just have synergies in our decks that really pay off that turn eight to turn 10 win in, you know, casual commander. We both got, even with breaking down decks, we still both have a significant number of decks 
So I like to go and be like, okay, I'm going to play this first, and then maybe I'll get a game in with this deck, and then maybe I'll get a game in with this deck. And it's just the, the last two times, it's like just one game, you know? And I'm like, I didn't really plan on playing this deck all night. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm at, too. I took apart probably my favorite deck, which was my Lord Windgrace Lands Matters. There was nothing special about the deck. It was literally just getting as many landfall triggers in a turn as you can and trying to win off of that. I took it apart because uh, I recently, well, not recently, I guess it's been a few months, but I won the Omnath Locus of Creation full art card in uh, Friday Night Magic Store Championship event and told myself I was going to build that as a Land Matters deck like everybody else does, but kind of showcase this sweet card, and I have it. He's still in a sleeve in a deck box somewhere shoved on one of my Magic shelves, but it, it's just the desire to play all your decks and not really having the capacity of doing so with whatever your group is. Maybe, you know, Kyle and I should take some advice from one of our previous episodes where we talked about it and play more, you know, together or play with other people that have the, the same kind of mentality or other people that want to see the same kind of diversity in their play groups where they're going through multiple decks in a row, stuff like that. And, you know, not saying that our play group is boring or not fun. Like I said, I'm, I'm loving the social aspect that I've been giving every Wednesday and I, I crave going back every week. But, you know, it's good to kind of seek out more of that group that you want to play with and get that experience that you want to have. So something else that's kind of been taking my creativity uh, itch away a little bit is kind of getting more into modern. Uh, in our local community, modern's always been one of those things that's been super hit or miss in the past. And recently, probably in the past four or five months, it's definitely been picking up with more players coming and asking for modern events for Friday Night Magic, stuff like that. And I built, you know, modern uh, Boros Burn which is very close to being the meta deck uh, that everyone sees on burn lists. Uh, I just, I'm missing two Eidolons. Um, so I'm playing something ridiculous instead, like an archer. But, you know, I decided since, you know, modern wasn't that flash in the pan, I thought it was going to be to spend a little bit more money and invest in a new modern deck. Kind of invest. It wasn't very much. I had a lot of the expensive cards. I'm not playing the perfect fetch lands. I'm just kind of playing what I got. But that deck is Gruel Breach with Rot Priest and then the typical Storm Combos, Mishra's Bobbles, all the different rituals, and of course, Underworld Breach. And, you know, watching tons of different YouTube videos, the play, the play pattern seems super fun. So I'm super stoked to try something new that's not Burn. I've also been playing Pioneer Spirits in Modern, which has had mixed results. It's what won, won me my Omnath. Kind of snuck under the radar there, I guess. But, you know, playing something that's more meta for modern and not burn is definitely going to be fun. And I'm looking forward to that, you know, once TCG stops giving me the shaft and actually gets me all my cards. That's a good idea. Maybe I should play uh, something like modern so that I can have quicker games. You, you definitely will have quicker games. I mean, modern, our events are beginning over so fast that we're playing commander afterwards. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> There's wow. the diversity. <laughs> yeah. And, you know... Uh, I think last week we had eight players and we finished right around 7.30. We played, I played one more commander game and I scooped everything up and left after that. But I know a bunch of people stayed for another commander game. And, you know, that's really cool because that's kind of the epitome of diversity is when, you know, you get to the store early, you try some practice games with your modern deck, you get through modern tournaments super quick, and then you still have time for something different afterwards. I think, you know, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, you know, would recommend. 
Uh, and I know you used to have like three different modern decks that you put together when we were kind of broaching the idea of trying to get these different formats back in Friday Night Magic. Did those get torn apart and shipped off or? No, they're still together. They still exist. I have a couple of Pioneer decks and a couple of modern decks. Some simple things, nothing too complicated like uh, Door in the Siege Tower and the modern zombies. Yeah, I know you're stoked about your zombies. Um, zombies is pretty good. I think I, I came in second in a tournament with the zombies. So you just got to, one, stop going out with Nick on Friday nights, and two, stay for an entire event, and we're golden. Yeah, yeah, or we just do more limited. And that, that, that is something that we do do. Um, I try to at least do limited once a month. Unfortunately, with the way Watsy's pricing scheme is going, it's definitely increasing the costs where, you know, we're seeing a $5 increase on our limited events. And, you know, as someone with multiple hobbies, that's not always, you know, affordable. And I know I have different preferences. I do like limited a lot. So I, like I said, I do try to schedule them at least once a month, but we definitely see it in our community where, you know, they just opt not to play because they're on, you know, a strict budget or whatever it is when it concerns magic, the gathering. Yeah, limited is hard because of that because it isn't. It is a initial higher cost, right, for the the tournament fee. Uh, whereas even if you think of the price of a constructed deck, once it's built, it's built, right? Right, and you know the the benefit of constructed, especially modern and even pioneer, is that many of those cards these players already have. I, you know, like me, I don't have the perfect fetch lands, but I have enough fetch lands to get me the colors I need, stuff like that. And I didn't, I think I dropped $60 to get everything else I needed for Breach, which for a modern deck is very affordable. Kind of something else about Limited, though, that people have different preferences between Sealed and Draft. And people have different strengths and weaknesses. Obviously, Sealed is much more casual than Draft because there's not that competitive drafting aspect to it. But, you know, some people prefer that. And we really limit those to pre-release events just because those costs are definitely insane right now. I think uh, right now with prize support, we're looking at 40 bucks for a pre-release. Yeah. But I, I would say, know. too, um, as a avid limited player, I'm much better at draft. I think it's I think it's almost easier to be better at draft just because you kind of you're drafting the cards, you know, whereas the sealed, you just kind of get what you're stuck with. Yeah, if you get a sh- shitty sealed pool, you're definitely fucked for the event. But, you know, so a lot of that's getting in your own head, too. Because, I mean, pros do sealed and they have no problems. Obviously, we're not pros. Kind of like we started off the top of this episode. We're just two dudes who think they know a lot about magic. But, you know, there definitely is that aspect to it. Kind of something else related to pre-release. And that's the upcoming release schedule. Obviously, in April, we have March of the Machines. and. I'm very meh on this set overall. I'm excited for the team-up cards. The ones I spoiled look super sweet. Um, I'm concerned with what that means for the health of Magic going forward. It seems like they're a mix of playable and not playable. Pre-release kits are coming seeded with one of the team-up cards that aren't playable in the pre-release, which is kind of strange. Like, why include it if you're not going to let us play with it? But I don't know. I, I guess we'll see when spoiler season actually starts where the hype goes for that. That is going to be such a freaking nightmare. Yeah, I, I foresee myself explaining it a lot, that you got this card in your pack, and you cannot play with this card that you've got from your pack. I'm sorry. I guarantee you somebody's going to have it in their deck, and it's going to be a big issue that we're going to have to deal with. I hope it's not a big issue. I well, hope it's just sitting down and explaining. 
you, you know what swapping I mean. something else yeah but it's definitely an issue that i'm gonna have to do multiple times over the course of the pre-release unfortunately yeah uh it's a weird situation for wizards to put us in yeah that is so strange that i i i'm not even gonna begin to try and understand that they're they're just excited about a card or they already started printing them and then they actually play tested it afterwards and realized that kind of like they said, they just cause every deck to be the same. You know, everyone that draws the Galta card plays in green, white, everyone that draws the Goro Goro card plays in red, black, stuff like that. And they probably just did it. Oopsies pulled the trigger, initiated a print run and then tested it afterwards. Kind of like we see with everything else. That's why it's not surprising. Yeah, that makes that's a good point. But, you know, overall, I don't... The theme of the set, Phyrexia invading different planes. To be honest, the really only thing that I'm, like, super-duper excited for is the plane chase cards we're getting with the Commander Precons. Hey, have you ever played plane chase and Commander? Uh no, I have seen the uh the new planes cards those uh, though, and those look awesome. Yeah, it, it's just another way to kind of break up the game, add fun twists, stuff like that. Um, I used to have the app on my phone with all the different planes and stuff, and and the planer die you can roll them. Basically, just play it virtually. Uh, I guess I never did it with you, but yeah, no it. The old plane, so it's coming with old plane chase and new plane chase cards. So we're getting a bunch of the the old tried and true, and then hopefully some new ones that just don't totally ruin the format, but make it you know increase the fun level to a little bit. We should definitely um, try that out. Play some of that. That'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. When you have the physical cards, it'll be easier too. Um, yeah, but you know, well, I guess the rest of what we have to say about March of the Machines is. We'll we'll see what spoiler Caesar brings. I'm sure, you know, there's gonna be spicy picks like always. There's gonna be something stupid with Praetors. There's gonna be some, you know, I don't even know what to call it. Uh some protection there for our bestest boys that are still fighting a good fight against Phyrexia and they're, you know, likely gonna prevail in some stupid way that Watsi dreams up. Probably you know, some big surprises too. Um, if we don't get Eldrazi, I'm rioting. <laughs> I don't know if the surprise is going to be that big, but it needs to be that big. I don't. I don't. It doesn't have to be fucking Mommy Moon, but give me. We're going to Zendikar. Give me some Scions. Give me some. You know, Pathfinders, Path Razors, whatever the fuck they are. Give me some lesser Eldrazi's that just fucking stomp Phyrexian face. But don't let them get completed. That would be weird. I'm curious as to. Um... Do we know if we've gotten all of our team up cards yet? Like no, uh, we definitely haven't. Yeah, I'm curious to see what else we get. Yeah, I'm sure that will be interesting. I think we probably got the most powerful ones, and we're gonna get a bunch of like meh. I still want a team up planeswalker, and they can't share a spark. It's cheating. (laughs) Tell that to Will and Rowan. Fucking golden children of Eldraine. It just it won't feel special. But they are special, Kyle. So today we got some spoilers from Lord of the Rings. The One Ring, which is interesting, four mana artifact that 
when it enters the battlefield, let's see, what it, where is it? When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. It's indestructible. Then at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life for each burden counter on the one ring. Tap it, put a burden counter on the one ring, then draw a card for each burden counter on the one ring. It's like, good and bad. It's silly because it's going to be incredibly easy to break because untapping artifacts is not a hard thing to do, especially in Commander, which if they're not thinking about Commander when they're designing cards, they're not thinking about cards at all. Honestly, like, now that I think about it, like, the the idea of, obviously, like, this gives you a benefit, but there's, like, a, a negative. I don't think the negative's bad enough. <laughs> you know, I think that the, the negative of the one ring should be much worse than this. Yeah, you should be, it should, like, generate creatures for your opponent. Like, get those Nazgul in there, something like that. Like, make it as terrifying as it was for Frodo to put on the one ring every time. And beyond that the art for it is very boring like they put minimal effort on it it doesn't even have elvish script or the script of mordor on it at all it's in drying lava cooling off lava so theoretically it looks like it should be hot and it should show that script i've already seen proxies that the art form is a thousand times better and it's not just prints from mord of the rings it's like unique Lord of the Rings related art. And if you want to take a look, I posted them in the spoiler section of our Discord. Link down in the description as always. Come join us, take a look, join the discussion. But like, wow, like why would they take literally the one ring from Lord of the Rings and make it more boring than soaring? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. You you make a really good point that the art on it is pretty boring. I like the lands. The basics the basics have the best art for sure with the map. Yeah, the map of uh, Middle Earth is mm -hmm. beautiful. And it, it's kind of cool because I, I tried playing around with them, uh, just single images of them and linking them up because you could kind of see like Mirkwood linking up with Gondor, which links up with the Shire, links up with the, the island which is a bunch of different territories, so I'm not just going to pick one. But, it, you know, kind of playing around with them like that, that's cool. They're not quite perfect. They don't give you a good um, panoramic map or anything, but it, it's fun. Just It's like a little mini excursion through Middle Earth. And it's that typical Tolkien art style from the books. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Gandalf's art is also pretty lame. I, I just, I didn't even think about it until you just said that, but yeah, I'm, I'm not digging the art. Yeah, his showcase one where it has him falling with the Balrog beneath him is, is much cooler than the the regular art. The regular art just literally looks like any wizard that was ever printed into Magic the Gathering, which I guess is okay for all those people that are super worried about different IPs ruining Magic's flavor. But it's still Lord of the Rings. It's already ruined the flavor for you. Give us fucking sweet art. I think, honestly, if any of these Universe Beyonds fit Magic's theme... Lord of the Rings is the closest one they've done so far. Literally. Like, you don't have to make any new creature types, really. And, you know, another thing about Gandalf, and someone in our Discord pointed this out, they totally missed making Gandalf an MDFC. Like, Gandalf the gray on the front, Gandalf the white on the back. And the showcase art's even more perfect for that. It's his fall to the Balrog. He could have had a reverse side where it's his return. 
That is such a good point. Yeah, that is, what a missed opportunity. And I, I kind of wonder if this is semi-related to the issues they've had in the recent past, printing and supplying double-faced cards. We saw it with the Heads I Win, Tails You Lose deck, where it, it's just one of the many issues, I'm assuming, that occurred with that printing. But like, it seems like ever since Innistrad, they've really been fucking up the double-faced card releases. Oh, here's like, a cool... If yeah. they make the front side Gandalf the Grey, and it's the card that it is, which is uh, red-blue, do they mm-hmm. make Gandalf the White on the back white, and then he's a Jeskai commander? See, that would be super sweet. Just Jeskai spells matter. What would transform him? Would it just be when he dies, return him transformed? Uh, no, that probably makes the most sense. When he dies by a demon, specifically. Yeah, I, I don't, then you're never going to get the fucking white side of him. You'd have to find a way to have a demon on your side of the board that kills him. Like, yeah, I, I think just whenever dying is a good, like, not quite as good as Optimus Prime is, where he dies and comes back and never really actually dies. But giving him one good return, and then fucking, if he gets smashed face again, he's done. Oh, better idea, better idea. You can only do this in combat, but you can sacrifice him to give all your other creatures indestructible when you do this after combat return them to the battlefield transformed or something like that yeah some kind of cool keyword you have to give your party like at the beginning of combat sacrifice some creatures you control gain vigilance or menace so they well something that like kind of relayed the theme that they got away from the balrog because of his sacrifice but that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe, maybe like um, sacrifice them and give them like protection from a color of your choice or something. I'm I'm trying to think because he Ooh. he sacrificed them to save him. How about this wizard ninjutsu? When he attacks, if he is unblocked, transform him. I don't know what it has to do with flavor, but wizard <laughs> ninjutsu sounds. sounds great. What no. When he attacks, if he is blocked, transform him. Wizard ninjutsu's backwards. Oh, ass backwards. That, yeah, that makes more sense, too. That'd be sweet. Fucking fix it, wizards, now. I don't care if it's already gotten to print. Uh, haven't really seen anything else about Lord of the Rings, which is kind of weird. They gave us, I guess it was an IGN interview article that gave us these spoilers. Uh, but, you know, we're already midway through March. June, I think, is release date for this. So we're not very far away for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, June 23rd. So, you know, I guess just like March of the Machines, we'll see what else they release down the line. So far, definitely not on board with buying sealed products. Not even probably Commander decks for this one. Yeah, it's a whole ass set, too. I, I keep it forgetting is that. fucking everything. Yeah. I, I probably, if anything, I'll buy the Commander decks for this. And so far, it's still an expensive fucking set. More so than regular sets for some stupid imaginary reason. Oh, next up, we can talk about the most fucking expensive set. The one everyone is looking forward to most, Commander Masters. Because every Commander deck before this one, or every Master set before this one, definitely wasn't for Commander. It's a joke. And... They're obviously going to bait it with super high power cards. We've seen Jayla. We've seen Ur Dragon. 
and you know JLo by itself with all the different versions hopefully it's very healthy and drives down the price of cards but like kind of like we see with imperial seal and you know uh fucking what's that red goblin i always forget dockside extortionist stuff like that they're probably not going to have a very large impact on these prices no and it's it's definitely raising the price of sealed product which makes it even worse on the uh secondary market in my opinion yeah i i think it's kind of a a syndrome of amazon's algorithm going wild because we've seen other things in the recent past couple days where the phyrexian complete bundles were reduced to like 43 dollars each for a short amount of time stuff like that where the algorithm is just fucking it up so we'll see as we get closer to release whether you know they step up and you know down tune that i'm still expecting it to be like 350 dollars for set booster something stupid ridiculous like that like not even and like it's really unfortunate the commander decks the themes seem awesome we're getting a sliver of precon which everyone wanted we're getting all these different unique precons and they're going to be as expensive, if not more expensive, than the Warhammer precons. Dude, yeah, $360 on Amazon right now. But we get an Eldrazi precon, we get a Sliver precon, and then planes, uh, uh, Super Friends and Enchantment. Yeah, just got Super Friends, mm-hmm. which you were working on. So there you go. Just stop and buy the precon. I have Is It Super Friends. Oh, yeah. Well, it's always better when you had white. But, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, three hundred and sixty dollars on Amazon for all four right now. Uh, a yeah. set booster box, twenty four packs, mind you, right? Twenty four packs, four hundred and eighty five dollars. Even the set boosters are twenty four packs. Yep. Wow, not even thirty. I thought for sure they would have left them at thirty and kept draft at twenty four. Nope, both are twenty four. Drafts boxes are three hundred and sixty dollars right now. Set booster boxes are four eighty five. Collectors box is two sixty four packs yeah i, I want to what is their reasoning for decreasing the number of packs in a set booster i understand draft that makes sense a pod of eight perfectly needs 24 packs but we don't draft set boosters why do we need 24 yeah that, that doesn't was like, make any sense the one reason in my head that set boosters were more expensive than draft boosters was that you get six more packs the uh Lord of the Rings collectors booster boxes are 440 on Amazon right now. Um, they are 12 packs at least. It's still a ridiculous price, but they're doing box toppers with the collector booster box for Lord of the but Rings. But it's guaranteed to be the one ring. Oh, is it? Yeah, and I'm sure it's going to be a different art than the one they spoiled today, but it's the one ring. Interesting. So if you want to spend 400 plus dollars on a ring that's probably going to sit around, you know, less than 20. Hey, that was the plan. Yeah. Be go for it. Be my guest. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a lot more to say. We obviously don't have very much more news or information about Commander Masters other than the the crazy pricing scheme that's going on on Amazon right now. But I don't take a I want to take a second and talk about some of our other hobbies that, you know, one day we're hopefully going to talk about here more on the channel, but they're definitely taking up more of my time rather than magic. Um and for me, that's Warhammer 40K. I already created a channel in our Discord to share 40k um, or any real any real tabletop stuff like that. I, I included a picture of my Knight Perfurian that I 3D printed and painted, and the picture isn't actually complete. He's since got his underwear and banner on, but you know I'm obviously in love with him. I'm trying 
my damnedest to get a game where I could play with him tomorrow. We'll see how that goes. I don't even know how I'm going to get him to the freaking store. He's so big. He's literally the size of a baby. Probably weighs more than a newborn. But yeah, 40K has been great. Like, I had a very long dry spell. I want to say right around six months that I finally broke a couple of weekends ago and went and played at a friend's house and got a full 2K game in. And once again, I'm just, I'm back on that bandwagon. I fell off the horse for, fell back under the magic ground, hard ground, got drug around for a little bit for Commander and Constructed and propped myself back up on the 40K wagon ready to play. And just the itch is there. Um, I've got more models than I know what to do with to still build and paint, but again, trying to do everything I can to do it. I got, you know, a whole like new box the other day, just ready to go. And I don't know, I can't say enough about it. Fucking everything I do when I'm driving to work, when I'm driving home, it's audiobooks that are 40k. It's talking with my friends about playing 40k, stuff like that. And it's great. Um I do recommend it. You know, if anybody wants to hit me up and talk about it, getting into it, stuff like that, it is an expensive hobby. Just like magic, I, it's actually cheaper than magic, in my honest opinion. It's just an upfront cost rather than a fucking lifetime of buying cardboard. But, you know, A plus game. I think ninth edition is great where it's at. It's, you know, it's definitely been interesting with the different power level changes and how they've been actively adjusting points and abilities through different Munitorum field manuals and FAQs and stuff like that. And super happy with how Games Workshop's been being more active on the rules front. And, you know, 10th edition's right around the corner. We got a spoiler uh, yesterday. It's got everybody hyped. So we'll see what summer brings. Probably a whole new edition of Warhammer to learn. But, you know, that's my hobby. I know Kyle's always busy with other shit, too. I might actually... Uh, I've been thinking about recently getting a 3D printer just because there's a lot of uh, at-home uses for it. A lot of stupid things that are made of plastic now that break all the time. That would be nice to have a 3D printer. But uh, I actually might be interested in getting into some kind of tabletop game, uh, tabletop miniature game, if I had a 3D 3D printer. Yeah. Oh, 3D printing is a whole other hobby that I fucking haven't really done. Like I already talked about printing my Perfurian, but I have a resin and an FDM printer. The FDM printer right now, I don't know if you guys can hear it. It's in the background. I can't be bothered to turn it off. It's got like a three-day print going right now. But it's printing Warhammer terrain. And my resin printer prints minis. And you can't even tell it. Like, there's so many models out there that print that look identical to um, James Workshop, Games Workshop models. <laughs> can't even tell. It's great. And it's another hobby that I fucking couldn't, you know, couldn't spout enough good shit about. It, it is time intensive. Like these things, either printer, either FDM or resin, there's different conditions, different settings that you have to tune and get perfect. I know Kyle could do it. He's in that IT world, no problem. But like it, a, lot of, a lot of time what you hear in 40K is, you know, they release a new model and first comment on that model is, you know, 3D printer go burr. Well, you know, if you're already balls deep in 40K and magic and whatever, doing proxying on top of it, doing 3D printing on top of it is a whole nother hobby on top of a hobby that takes up so much time. So just something to consider. But I don't know. I, you and I should try Star Wars Legion. I have a Republic and an Empire army already. I mean, fucking just play it and you can see how you like that. I fucking love Legion too, but no one here plays it. 
That'd be fun. I'd be down to try that out. Um, it's also way cheaper than 40k is. The if you did want to buy legit models. The the other nerdy hobby that I partake in is D and D, which or just our table TTRPGs, tabletop RPGs, quite a lot. Um, we've recently been branching out again because we did stick to fifth edition D and D for a long time, but all the issues with Watsi. Uh, but our main game is D and D game, and uh, our D- DM also is really big into 3D printing. So we have like our our miniatures, and a lot of times like uh, big bad guys. Like we're doing a serious fight, he busts out the minis. Um, but we have a ton of fun with it. I like the uh, role playing aspect of it. I like the you know being a dork and going around town and to kind of like. Sometimes you'll do like the political intrigue and stuff like that. But I've recently been playing more martial characters and getting really into the fighting and stuff like that. There's, there's a little bit of everything for uh, or a little bit of everything for what am I trying to say here, Matt? A little bit of everything for everyone. Yeah. There's a little bit of everything for everyone with TTRPGs just because you have, you know, you can have the miniature aspect. You can have the role-playing aspect. There's also the combat. We've played with a lot of people in our groups that are, are combat-centric that they kind of sit back and wait for the combat to start, and then they go to it, and vice versa, too. Um, and so we've been having a lot of fun with that. We, I, I've been very busy. We, we only get to play that once every two weeks. Um, and sometimes I wish I could play that more, too, just like Magic, but eh, life happens. Yeah, life definitely does happen. Thankfully, I'm so busy this week because I'm going on vacation starting Thursday. So thank God for that. Definitely need a break. But anyways, you know, hit us up. Like I said, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Casual Tutors. We have a relatively active Discord with those fresh, spicy Lord of the Rings spoilers included. And, you know, we're pretty much everywhere at Casual Tutors. We love talking with you guys. And, you know, definitely, you know, join the conversation, hit us up, send us messages, let us know what you think about, you know, the upcoming sets, kind of where you're at with the current play state, whatever, where you're at with your play group. We love hearing it. We love talking with you guys. And I kind of just want to leave everyone with a question here at the end, you know, so what are your favorite hobbies? Is magic, you know, your one and only, or do you like delving into other aspects of the nerd verse? um you know hit us up let us know your answer we're, we want to see we love we love this kind of things as we're fucking giant nerds that like pretending like we know about stuff um anyways my name is matt and i'm kyle and we're the casual tutors thanks for listening